With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This is the Last Minute Blues Podcast with former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers and Donnie Fandango of 105.7 The Point. It is the Last Minute Blues Podcast. Donnie Fandango, Jamie Rivers. All right, first and foremost, we got to talk about something kind of a little bit serious. And then I'm going to get ridiculously silly. Okay. Okay, so last episode, we had a new intro, okay? And in that intro, we did not have a sponsor because we don't have the head sponsor like we did in 2022. Yeah, So in the intro, um, it is just you and I's name and Uh not Jeff's name. So we are going to get that fixed. I was going to get it fixed this week, but I got busy doing some other things, so I didn't. But, But it's just... It will get taken care of. He is as much a part of this show and, and will always be going forever. forward. Yes. So I just want to get that out there. There. Perfect. Number two, I enjoy wearing women's deodorant. It smells way better than men's deodorant. I feel like it does the exact same thing. I'm using a Dove deodorant today, and I got to tell you something. I've never smelled so good in my entire life. Okay. So, so many questions. <laughs> and, um, and I even messaged Jamie this morning on my way in to say, hey, man, we got something we got to talk about first yeah. thing. And it's this because I was in my car. And I didn't dude, expect I just... this cinder block in the forehead. <laughs> just dude, I smell so good, though. Okay. So, okay. So, look, let's if we're going to talk about it, let's, let's talk about it. Dive right into it, yeah. buddy. Okay. So, uh, let's go back to the origin. Okay. Why did you use women's deodorant? Like, did you not have any? Were you out? Did you yes. get it? Yes. So then you used your wife's. I'm exactly. Imagining? Yep. Absolutely. So, okay. and, and it was what scent is that? It's like some kind of like a like powder, like a like a baby like a, powder, like a baby powder, something. Yeah. It's just very fresh, uh-huh. right? So uh, I was using. What were you using before? Yeah. Some kind of like axe, something or the oh, other. Well, that's the beginning of your problems. That, right my Nothing lord. Against axe. Yeah, but 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 it's like, dude, it's like all the dudes' deodorants like smell kind of like that. And it's just kind way of. too much, man. I don't like that. I don't okay. want to smell like I'm in high school. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So that's why. And so then I, I added deodorant. I go to the store and I saw like a Dove uh, spray. I don't know if it's men's or women's, but I got it. And not only does it, one, keep me from stinking, but I smell wonderful So right it's now. a spray then? Yes, correct. So you basically probably bought a Dove body spray for women. And you're using it under your arms now, which is fine, Listen, because it's I, a body spray. It, it you know encompasses the body. So what you're saying is, is that when it really needs to work as a deodorant, it's not going to work, and I'm going to smell like spray and funk. Maybe <laughs> I don't know. 
I don't know. This is a, this is our own little experiment <laughs> here. So I don't know. Well, listen, I ain't going back until given a reason to. Because okay. again, I'm sitting in my car this morning, driving in, going, "Oh my god, I smell amazing." So. If you don't want to be my friend anymore, I completely no, understand. No, no. I, look at um, I <laughs> you have. Look, you look mystified right no, now. No, I'm just. Uh, I, I've taken uh, off guard here a little bit. Okay, uh, so many questions still. Um, so you smell like your wife now? Yeah, she okay. smells great. Yeah, I. I mean, I've met her a couple times, and I thought she smelled great too. <laughs> I mean, for what it's worth. Um, so okay, so you've got you're carrying a little bit of your wife around with you. All day long. Yeah. Okay, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm no. sure she thinks that's kind of romantic, too. Yeah, probably. I'm just trying you not try to... try and parlay that somehow. Yeah, somehow. Yeah, yeah, somehow. Somehow, somehow I, I should. Know, whatever, whatever it is you guys do. You, you know, also, too, and I don't mean to switch subjects, but just to make sure that everybody knows, you and I filling in on the Riz Show tomorrow morning. Yeah. Me, you, Riz, and King Scott. That should be an interesting potpourri <laughs> of people, that's for sure. <laughs> no kidding, man. So, no kidding. To go back to the deodorant. Okay, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I, too, have used women's deodorant. A time or two. Yeah. Out of necessity. Mm-hmm. And I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, my girlfriend uses a like stick, not a spray, and it's a baby powder-ish type thing. And I, too, at times, have felt like this smells pretty darn good. Darn right, man. Now, full things, uh, all things being equal, I use a um, an Old Spice deodorant on the regular. It's called Wolf Thorn. Okay. It honestly smells like blue Gatorade. Oh. Yeah. It's I kind of like that. It's a game changer. It's a game changer. It's kind of a refreshing smell. Like, it doesn't, it's not like overpowering blue Gatorade, but when you smell, you go, okay, yeah, I See, get it. What I need is the hint of the smell. Yeah. I don't need to get whacked over the head with the smell. I, I can't stand that. You don't that. smell so bad that it has to be overpowering. No, not at all. It's like, dude, sometimes I get into the elevator after salespeople here. Uh-oh. Good Lord, baby Jesus. Are you outing the sales staff What here? cologne are you taking a bath in? Which person? I, I'm not. That's a, <laughs> I also I also saw one of them not wash their hands in the bathroom today too. But that's a whole other thing uh, altogether. But yeah, I don't ever want to be that guy that okay. just, with that smell that's completely overriding. I'm with you. So one of my biggest OCD things in life is not being dirty or smelling bad. Mm-hmm. And it dry. I don't think it drives my girlfriend nuts because she obviously is the benefactor of having someone clean mm-hmm. around her. But yes, I'm over the top. Like every day when I shower or whatever, like today. Which, by the way, we'll go into my gauntlet of the next 36 hours. It's because it's I, it should be sponsored. It's a marathon. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, but w- like between this show or between the fast lane and going downtown, I'll add a little deodorant, reset the, you know, make sure I smell okay. Like anytime I change, like I'm always making sure that I'm never that guy like, oof, did you get a whiff of rivers? Yeah, yeah. Yeesh. Yeah. Smells like a hockey bag. Yeah, yeah. My, my youngest son is, um, you know, I mean, he's in the, the throes of puberty. Oh, yeah. And uh, he, though, does not care. And so <laughs> Mary and I having How old to- is he? He's 13. Yeah, exactly. And, and so Mary and I, you know, having to like, like, hey, man, like, come on, dude. You don't want to be that guy that smells. No, you don't want to be the kid at school that everybody goes, ooh. No, wait, and plus here. you're too handsome. You don't, you don't, you don't, yeah. you don't need that. Smell need good that. and you'll be fine. Okay. So can I get into the next 36 Dude, hours? Before you get we go into blues? the next 36 hours, and then we've got a couple of emails we awesome. haven't had in a while, too. So when I accepted the invitation to go on the Riz show with you guys on Friday, I really didn't think it out. Uh, like many things in my life, 
Um, and so what ends up happening is, uh, well, I'm here today. And so for our listeners to get a little sneak peek behind the curtain, it's noon on Thursday. Yeah. I got to get the day right. It's noon on Thursday. We'll podcast for a half hour, 40 minutes, whatever. I'll rush over, grab a little bite to eat. We'll do show prep. I will for the fast lane, do four hours of radio. Then I'm going down straight to the Enterprise Center to do a full hockey game, pre and post. Mm-hmm. Post game takes me to about 11 o'clock at night, gets me home about 11.30, 11.45. Turn around, I'll have to get up at 4.30 in the morning, get back down here to the station to jump on for four hours of the Rizzuto show, which I'm very excited to do. Yeah. Pause for a couple of hours, about two hours. Eat lunch, um, then I'll do prep for the fast lane, four hours of radio for the fast lane. Uh, then, quick uh, wardrobe change, and I'm headed to the Blues Hall of Fame dinner tomorrow night. At the Mac. At the Mac. And then uh, Saturday morning, there are some hockey things and a uh, workout to get in, and then back on TV Saturday night. So that's my uh, next couple of days, Donnie. Seriously, though, man, like as a guy, as a, as a former professional athlete, a guy that keeps himself in really good shape, like you have got to have a way that you get through this gauntlet. You know what I'm saying? Like, how do you mentally prepare for this? Because, man, this is a lot of stuff. It's so, a lot of fun, but it's yeah. work and it's a lot of stuff. So I think the biggest thing that athletes crave once they retire is that that competition and that battling through injury, battling through adversity, and, you know, coming out on top at the end. So that's kind of the way I look at it is how little sleep can I actually operate on but still fulfill all the duties to the best of my ability, and then when it's all over, I'll sit back because it will be a bit of an adrenaline rush to get through all of this stuff. Yeah. When I sit back on Saturday night following the Blues game, and I kick my feet up, and I pour a nice glass of bourbon, I'm going to sit there and giggle to myself and be like, you you did it, you son of a biscuit baker. You did it. You're going to say, I'm the man. Yeah. I know it. That's that's fantastic. I'm like, I'm the man. <laughs> and then he's out before the bourbon is uh, even done. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, we look forward to it, man. And, I mean, these blues, like, and we'll talk about it in a second, but – you know, man, uh, they have been nothing but surprises all year long, and that absolutely like a continues. box of chocolates, Donnie. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, listen, we got a couple of quick emails here, real quick. You can always email the show at lmbp at one hundred five seven point dot com. This one's from Andrew. Said, "Hey, boys. Firstly, I miss Jeff. What a dude." Now, hockey questions. In my opinion, the past few times Vladdy's been out, the Blues have looked pretty great. Vladdy's one of my favorites, but I can't help but notice the team plays better. Thoughts? That's from Andrew H. in Raleigh, North Carolina. Yeah, um, okay, so I don't know if the team plays better because, you know, talking about a guy with, what, 85 points last year, you know, um, is he on that pace this year? No, but he's still one of your most dynamic players. So I don't – I can't sit here with – clear conscience and say your team's better without Vladimir Tarasenko you're different Mm -hmm. and you have to play a different style and I think that based on the roster that you have for the most part playing the style that the Blues are playing right now is to their advantage I think that Craig Berube has done a really smart thing I think that he's put all of his dynamic we'll put it air quotes dynamic talent together with Thomas Kairou and Buchnevich and then the rest, the other three lines are blue collar. Mm-hmm. They're that you know good puck management. Get in on the four check, cycle the puck, get to the front of the net. You're looking at some of the the way the goals are being scored. Thomas and Kyra are doing their thing. 
Kyrie with a great toe drag last game and zips it in. Like, okay, great. That's what he's supposed to do. Right. Then the two-on-one, the both of those two youngsters flying up the ice, little drop the shoulder, slide it over one timer and back of the net. Yes, that's what you're supposed to do. But then I look at the other guys. Alexandra skating right to the front of the net. Santini shoots a puck, rebound, boom, rebound goal. Like, you're seeing exactly the way it should be happening for each um, theme to the line, right? Mm-hmm. And so with Tarasenko out, what it does is it simplifies your math because if if Vladdy was playing, well, he'd have to find himself on one of those top two lines. And then you're eliminating Barbashev, Shannon, Saad, or you're messing with the Thomas line. It's just the mathematics of it, whereas – and this is nothing against Vladdy, but if you brought Ryan O'Reilly back, you're still you have the same dynamic. Mm-hmm. What would happen is one of the fourth line type players, like a Pitlick or a Walker or a Levo, they'd find themselves out of the lineup. Which I don't want that for them, but you can do that. Mm-hmm. You can drop Barbashev down, and everything has a chance. But if you bring Tarasenko back, it's not the same. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a blue collar guy for a blue collar guy. So, in. Th- <sighs> Overall, you're not a better team without him. But right now, the way stylistically you're playing, the mathematics are easier for Craig Berube. And and I heard that in the second intermission on Tuesday night, that Coach Berube, I don't know if you heard this, but Coach Berube got after the boys. And then they came out and hit those first two goals real quick. But he supposedly, you know, in the post game, I think it was Mike Van Ryan that wouldn't exactly say what was said but that there was a message delivered loud and clear from Chief. Yeah, I think uh, Craig Ruby just expressed to them, um, you know, how important oral hygiene is. <laughs> and make sure you brush your teeth a couple times a day and right. floss. Maybe they talked about deodorant, too. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure he talked about, you know, I'm sure he will talk about Donnie Fandango wearing women's deodorant in the future. No, Craig, Craig Chief got after him. Yeah, man. But th- you know what? That's That's a good coach because the timing has to be correct. Just like anything in life, any business, any school teacher, any, anybody who's ever either been a boss or a teacher or been a student or an employee, your boss or you as the boss, the timing has to be right. If it's always the same stuff, every game there's a rant or every other game there's a rant, it just loses its power. And so Craig Berube, who is, who is an intense guy, but the way he coaches is very flatline for the most part. We see him get upset behind the bench and he gets it. But with his players, it's very much the same almost all the time. And then, bam, wake-up call. And they needed it. And look at what happened. They responded. So, overall, it was the perfect ending to him getting in there and getting after the guys. And now they know what the expectations are. And they know that he's also, like, he's not just sitting back there. Because sometimes you think, ah, he's fine. No, no, he isn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, wake up. Smell the coffee because I'm not happy. I love it. Just had the kids and uh, Mary over to see Dr. Maxwell uh, and the friends and the staff over there at Crestwood Dental Group. They are taking care of my family and they're going to take great care of yours. Uh, Dr. Maxwell and Crestwood Dental Group located just off of Watson uh, in Crestwood. And uh, they have been our family dentist for a number of years now. And they are going to be a great family dentist for you as well. So if you don't have a dentist... Maybe it's been a while since you went. Maybe you don't like the dentist you have. Call Dr. Maxwell. Find out more at CrestwoodDental.com or give him a call 
at 314-820-0909. Crestwood Dental Group and Dr. Maxwell, a proud sponsor of the Last Minute Blues podcast. And you know what? I know my dentist is always watching out for me to make sure that whatever procedure that I have done, he's going to do it in the best way possible for the health of my mouth and also for my ease. He knows I don't like being in the dental chair. Find out more about Dr. Maxwell and Crestwood Dental Group. Give him a call. 314-820-0909. CrestwoodDental.com. All right, here's a second email. This one from Aaron. It says, hey, Donnie and Jamie, I've been listening to the podcast since the 2019-2020 season and absolutely love it. I've recently gone back to the beginning of the podcast and started to re-listen to the old shows. Sorry, guys, but I have to say this. God, I didn't realize how much I miss Jeff until now. With that being said and out of the way, I've noticed a few consistent things through the show's tenure. Jamie's advice to the Blues has pretty much always been the same. Get to the net, put pucks on the goal, go to the dirty areas of the ice, and compete. Why is it such a broken record of what they need to do? I can't remember any of those things not coming out of Jamie's mouth when the guys are sucking. Uh, some Someone needs to put a loop track back of them saying those things <laughs> for the guys to listen to over and over, and eventually maybe it'll stick in their heads of what they need to do. On a side note, I was listening to the podcast when Jamie was telling the story of when his brother came to Russia to visit him and the crazy stuff that ensued. I think you guys said a future podcast with Rib's brother should be done to tell all these crazy things that happen. Why not still do that some? day like maybe in the off season thanks guys love the podcast really helps me on my three hour round trip commute every weekday wow uh, let's go blues that is from Aaron but you know what Aaron brings up a good point man because there was a number of podcasts that we've done this season where bro you were essentially saying the same things that they needed to do but it was not happening it was yeah. evident that it wasn't happening but now it is I'm so interested about the switch you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what makes it click? Well, what I did is I downloaded the podcast and I played in their locker room. <laughs> no. Um, you can talk about, you know, just putting on a loop and having it play. Well, Craig Berube and the staff, are they are that loop. Yeah. They're saying the same things, man. They are. And it sometimes it takes a little more time to sink in. And sometimes players get confused as to what they are or what they can do. And it's... Players are always aspiring. Any athlete, any individual for the most part, is always aspiring to add something new to their craft, whatever it may be. So if we isolate the NHL, players are always looking to add something new as far as like more offense, more goal scoring, maybe a better passer. Okay, great. But it can't be at the expense of playing the game the right way. And that happens sometimes. And it's not like guys are purposely going out there not wanting to go to the front of the net. They're thinking the game a different way. And it's no different than, you know, a school teacher trying to get something through to a student. Some students absorb it in the first t- the first time they're taught it. Some, it takes 70 times before it sinks in. And I know this from coaching all the years. And I coach from, you know, four or five-year-old kids to NHLers that are all-stars. And sometimes the message takes longer to get through to the individual. And that's why you continuously repeat it. And that's why Craig Berube and his coaching staff never stop telling the players exactly what the expectations are. Now, some of them are realizing it. Some of them realize that uh, the game that they want to play may not be the best style of game to suit them or to keep them in the NHL. So you got a guy who's a third-line checker and a banger out there, and he's trying to toe-drag guys, and all of a sudden, teams grow tired of it. Like, he doesn't get it. No, and that's why you see guys that are incredible players from the minors, but it doesn't translate to the NHL because they can't adapt to the NHL game. Yeah. And so, anyways, I, 
it's a it's a good note, but trust me, I'm not saying anything that Craig Berube isn't saying himself. It just takes players a variety of different ways and different times for them to understand. I think I've asked you this before, so I'm sorry to ask a, a question that I've already asked before, but is is defensemen in hockey pitching in baseball? Like you can never have too many defensemen? Or are the Blues just having an un, um, just an incredible amount of bad luck? I feel like we're not very far from you getting the call, Jamie. Seriously. Well, I am on the bike every day, and uh, I've included <laughs> just so everybody knows. I've included an extra twenty minutes on the treadmill. Uh, got it up to about ten miles an hour for twenty minutes. So doing pretty good. Uh, leaning out a little bit. I'm available, Craig. Just give me a call. Just let me know. You yep. know how to get a hold of me. Yeah, I've got about three shifts left in me, but they will be good. Free. <laughs> <laughs> no, they uh, look at the blues. This is unfortunate. Now, they are getting some bodies back here in the near future. We had the chief on yesterday on the fast lane, and he just said, look, Letty's right around the corner. Uh, Krug, hopefully right around the corner. So you, you will get some guys back. But, again, yeah, depth is huge, especially at the defense position. So if you want to compare, like, position-wise, I always compare the pitcher more to the goalie okay. in hockey. And I don't mean as far as, like, the more you have, the better. More to the psychological warfare that pitchers go through from a pitch-to-pitch basis and the goalie with the shot on goal. Yeah, that and like, makes sense. If the pitcher sucks and he gives up four home runs, uh, you know everybody's looking at the pitcher. Or if the pitcher gives up a couple of ground balls that get booted for errors, everybody's still looking at the pitcher when you see the final score. That makes sense. So yeah. for the goalie, it's the same thing. But to your point about depth and number of pitchers or number of defensemen, playing defense in the National Hockey League is not easy. Especially in today's game. You can't just grab a guy and hang on to him or, you know, go slash him or cross check him. You can't. You gotta skate, you gotta think, you gotta move the puck, you gotta be able to join the attack. There's a lot of components to playing D in the NHL. So it's not easy to just stock the cabinets full of guys that can play. Mm-hmm. But the Blues have done a good job with their scouting staff. So Callie Rosen, when you look at things, all things considered, Callie Rosen was probably supposed to supposed to start the season in the minors. Mm-hmm. Think about it. You add Scandell and Perunovic to this lineup, there's no room for Kelly. Yep, he's Rose. down there. He's in Springfield. He's Absolutely. in Springfield. But that didn't happen because of injuries. So that depth signing helped you. And now look at how good Kelly Rosen has played all year. And then you add a guy like Steven Santini. He's a veteran player. I think he's on his second or third NHL contract. Uh, he's never been able to break through and consistently play in the NHL, but that's a depth signing. What if? Right? Right. So now you've got him. Oh, guess what? By the way, he's playing. And he's playing really well that's right that, now. That's the amazing part to me, man. Is is you know, I don't know how difficult playing defense in the NHL is, but I have some degree of guess. And these guys come in, man, and it does not and I know that there is a difference in the players. I'm not saying there's not, but they really have not left left much lacking. Sometimes guys, um, you know, before we get to the Tyler Tucker too has stepped up. He's played almost 20 minutes a game last game. Crazy. So it's great stuff. But here's the key. Uh, and here's something that people have to remember. Just because Santini and Tucker are in the minors doesn't mean they can't play in the NHL. They're on a team in St. Louis that has a really good amount of depth. Mm-hmm. And that's why they're playing in the minors for the most part. So when you get your opportunity to play, you try to seize the moment because those guys are not just playing for the St. Louis Blues. Every night a depth guy plays, he's playing for every team in the NHL. Mm-hmm. And this is something that I had to wrap my brain around, too, even as a player in the NHL, as a 6-7 defenseman or a 5-6 defenseman. You're not – every night you're not always just playing for your team. You're playing for every other team that's watching going, okay – we could use that guy. Mm-hmm. Or you're looking for your own team that says, okay, we need to make room for this guy or give him a bigger opportunity. 
So for these young guys, uh, I love their frame of mind that they've come in. They've played their game. Santini right away, his first game, jumping up in the play, shooting the puck, like three or four shots on net. Yes, please. That's what you got to do. Yeah. And he gets an assist last game by doing the same. Joins the attack, gets a shot on net, and Alexandrov puts the puck in the net. So Santini's done a real good job of continuing the way he plays. And Tucker, the same thing. He's gritty. Stay at home. He has a great job on gap control. He stands guys up very well, closes out plays. He's not going to be jumping in the rush too many times, trying to score goals, which is great. Don't change what you're doing. And so uh, compliments to those guys for coming up and doing the best that they can. Do you see this as, you know, Rosen creating an opportunity for himself somewhere else as a 5-6 defenseman? I mean, do you see these guys, are they good enough that they are going to be able to take this opportunity to potentially maybe get a one-way deal next year or, or something along those lines? Absolutely. Kelly Rosen is an NHL defenseman. I think that that's what he's proven to the NHL. Now, is he, is he uh, an NHL defenseman here long-term? I don't know. It's tough to say. You know, Marco Scandella, what's his future? Scott Perunovic, what's his future? You know, Scandella, we know he's got the contract. Perunovic, we know he's got the future. Both left-handed shot defensemen. You already have Nick Letty on a long-term deal and Tori Krug on a long-term deal. And now you got Mikola, who's going to be unrestricted, but nonetheless, maybe you want to keep him. That's a lot of bodies in the way when you look at Callie Rosen. But maybe the Chicago Blackhawks next year. Maybe the Arizona Coyotes. Maybe the Ottawa Senators. Like, your agent should start targeting the teams with need for a guy like that that is not going to be expensive and that can step in and give you 15 to 20 minutes a game and reestablish himself as an everyday NHLer. So, so I mean, like, are you, like, if you're Callie Rosen, are you and your agent having that conversation right now? Like, hey, next year, I think Team X, Y, and Z could all be a play for you. Like, is that a conversation that's happening now, or is that a conversation that happens in the offseason you know what I mean? How does that... If you're the player? It play, yes. But, yeah, if you're the player it, between you and your agent. Yeah, no, you're focusing on what you're doing. Right now. You, yeah, you don't... Like, to to look ahead is, honestly, that's the biggest, like, problem. Then you start to look past what you're supposed to be doing. You start to play poorly. Then you're in your own head. Now take your eye off the ball sort of thing. No, you don't even talk about it. I remember having these conversations with my agent where, you know, I was having good runs on teams and... Uh, no, I. I should say I remember not having these conversations on purpose with my agent. And then when the offseason came, you know, he would go and kick the tires on the teams where he thought I could play. And then uh, it was inevitable that somewhere, somehow, there were teams that would pop up and give him a call that were not on the radar, that mm-hmm. had been watching. And that's why I always say you're not always just playing for the team that you're on. You're, not, you're playing for everybody else who's watching, too. I wanted to ask you one thing here before we get out and before we're done today. Uh, and that is about Blues prospect uh, Jimmy, and I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Give Can it a you, shot. Is it Snuggard? Snuggerud? Snug? Snuggerud? Snuggard? How the hell do you say that? And I know I've heard other people say it too. Yeah, it's Jimmy Snuggerud. Snuggerud. He had a, I think his day, uh, Dave Snuggerud, his dad or his uncle played in the NHL too. I'll be dang. Yeah. Well, this kid supposedly had an amazing, amazing World Juniors tournament. Can you kind of talk about him a little bit? And then also, yeah. too, the million dollar question that every Blues fan like me is going to ask is, you know, when t- when is it possible that we could see this kid? Yeah. Um, all right. So uh, Jeremy Rutherford from The Athletic just had a little a piece out yesterday or the day before. So go go check that out. Um, and it's about Jimmy Snuggerud. And Jr. had talked to the Minnesota Gophers head coach, assistant coach, and stuff because you know Jimmy had such a great World Junior Championship, and you know the, the rave reviews about the kid. Great kid, 
hard worker, really talented. Foot speed's a bit of an issue right now. He's he's not quite at that dynamic NHL foot speed, but he is improving. He's working on it. He's got a skating coach, and you know, based on all the reports, his first three steps are getting much better, much quicker. He was one of the best players at the World Junior Championship, and what that means is for the the players that are under 20 years old, the best in the world, he was one of the top guys. And so that's a great thing. Now, it doesn't mean he's going to step into the NHL anytime soon. My prediction with Jimmy Snuggerud is that two years from now, you're looking at maybe adding him to your lineup. He Play a year in the minors for sure, maybe another full year in the minors, and kind of go from there. And if he takes giant steps forward, then you give him a cup of coffee in the second year. But he's a guy for... In my opinion, he will need a full year in the American Hockey League because that jump from college hockey or junior hockey to the NHL, it's a massive jump. The speed of the game, everything is so different. So you you get that little in-between level, which is the American Hockey League, which still, by the way, we just talked about there are lots of guys in that league that would be on NHL teams except they're blocked, mm-hmm. maybe by a deep roster. So that's the spot for Jimmy Snuggerud to go down and you know, get the Springfield. Drew Bannister is doing a fantastic job in the American Hockey League for the Blues as the head coach. Jimmy gets in there, plays every situation. You know, we're, we're noticing a trend, right? Like Jake Neighbors went down, played in every situation. Yeah. He was ready to go, come back up here. Anybody who's gone down and played a ton of minutes comes back up, and they're doing a great job. All right, so we had a bit of a technical snafu. About the last minute and a half, two minutes of the podcast was cut off. We ran out of space on the computer that we record on, blah, blah, blah. So Jamie and I had a conversation about Clem Costin, but we'll revisit that uh, the next time that we record. As always, thank you so much for listening to the Last Minute Blues podcast. For Jamie Rivers, Jeff Burton, my name is Donnie Fandango, and as always... Let's go blue. The Last Minute Blues Podcast. Hear every episode at 101ESPN.com or 1057thepoint.com. Let's go blues.